Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes! Please stop! I got a bad feeling about this. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Did you go out with Ray? Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Get away from her, you bitch! You're gonna need a bigger boat. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hello everyone, I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Ryan Warner. And we are the Movie Knights. Well, some of them. If you're listening to this, that is because you want to hear our unfiltered, uncensored thoughts and opinions about the world of movies. Now... Just letting you guys know right off the bat, we are testing out dual audio equipment because we're slowly transitioning from to a video podcast, which hopefully will be very, very soon. And uh, so if the audio sounds horrible, we apologize in advance. We it took us about an hour and a half to set this thing up. Am I right? Yeah. No. It. We've been sitting here for a while, and uh, hopefully it sounds good. Yeah. And I have no idea how this is going to sound when I go and edit this later, but uh, hopefully it's good. Yeah. Um, so please put up with us for this one time if uh, if we do sound bad. Um, but if we don't, then yay, great, we're figuring it out slowly. That's good. So, Mr. Warner, let's go yeah. ahead and kick things off at the box office. Go ahead and hit me with the top five. All right. So, we had two movies that opened up this weekend. We had uh, Tyler Perry's A Medea Family Funeral and mm. Greta. Okay. What do you think came on top? Of those two? No, 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 just of this past weekend with those two opening up this weekend. Hmm. Didn't How to Train Your Dragon 3 open the week before? Week before, it's I think it's into its second or third week. I think it's second week. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that came in first. Okay, I'll say Medea came in second. Okay, I have no idea. Uh, I'm gonna guess a Lego Movie third. Okay, I don't think Greta's in the top five to be honest with you. All right, I'm gonna go. Isn't it romantic fourth? Okay, a- and. I don't know. I don't know. Th- those are my top four picks. Well, How to Train Your Dragon, th- uh, the third installment, did come in taking first place this weekend. Sweet. Uh, grossing just barely over $30 million. Okay. With Tyler Perry's Medea Family Funeral coming in second with $27 million. Okay. Um, wow, 27. That's good for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I- I'm honestly surprised that How to Train Your Dragon came in third. Or, uh, I'm sorry, came in first in its second weekend. Um, especially with Tyler Perry's movie, because those mm-hmm. are usually really big hits. But yeah. I mean, I, I'm not surprised. Animated movies usually kill it, especially um, the third installment of a franchise that's been going nothing but up. Yeah. But I mean, it's still still impressive nonetheless. Yeah, definitely. Um, Alita actually came in third. No shit. Yeah. Good it for them. It wrapped in another seven million dollars. Good for them. Greta came in eighth. With four million dollars, and it's funny because I looked up the production budget to see if it would make any of its money back. Because mm-hmm. opening weekends usually that's when you make all your money. Yeah, the production budget isn't listed. Oh, so who knows? So <laughs> rip them. Yeah, but uh, no, I want to see it. Chloe Grace Moretz is a fantastic actress, and mm-hmm. I am looking forward to seeing that. Haven't seen it yet, but isn't it romantic? Came in seventh, and it also opened up this weekend, I believe. Okay, well, what um what came in fourth and fifth? Uh, fourth was Lego Movie, and then okay. fifth was Fighting with My Family. Oh, and we're gonna talk about that movie because we saw it. Yeah, but we'll get to that in just a second. Um, thankfully, in our hour and a half of setting up this audio, we racked up a bunch of news stories that we'd like to discuss. Yeah. Um, Ryan, yeah. go ahead and hit me with the first bit of news. 
I, we're switching it up a little bit. I like yeah, this. Yeah, we ahead. are, give man. Me, give me the shit, dude. Do it. Wow, you're 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 giving a lot of power to me, man. Yeah, you're no. like you're like knighting me, almost. No. All right. If you ever do that pun again, <laughs> I swear to God, I would do unspeakable things to you. Yeah, no, no. Um, totally. Well, I guess the first story. Totally non-sexually. First wink. story is something everyone I'm sure has heard of. Okay. Steven Spielberg. Oh, we're gonna go right off the bat with this. Right off oh, the bat. Starting, all right. Starting off strong. Let, let's man. fucking do this. Okay. Steven Spielberg. I think arguably the best filmmaker in the business. You, you could make that argument, yeah. He has his feelings towards streaming services. Okay. And that he feels that movies need to be theatrically released in order to be Oscar contenders, which yeah. Netflix did do with Roma winning yeah. three Academy Awards. And, and they've had Oscar-nominated movies in the past for other yeah. categories. So... What do you think about Steven Spielberg coming out and saying that they need to, or he's going to propose changes to the rules to being nominated in the Oscars? What do you think about it? Because I I have a lot of feelings about this. Okay. So I want to get your your sort of two cents first. Well, I don't completely agree with it. Okay. I understand where he's coming from, that he wants to preserve the theatrical experience, Mm -hmm. which is something everyone should go experience it's fantastic as movie fans we love going up to opening weekends and watching movies but i don't think he's going about it the right way okay i'm not sure the kind of position he's in or exactly what changes he's proposing i know that he wants to keep them in theaters for i think Four weeks or almost a month or two months or something like that is what he was talking about. There's a time limit. It might be. It might even be three months. Yeah, I, well, I know. I know theater chains. Yeah, wanted to hold Roma for three months or something like that. And Netflix was like, no, that's not yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah. But um, it might be three months. Yeah, now that I think about it, that he wants <laughs> to propose. But I mean, I understand that that way people can go experience movies in theaters rather than just at home. I understand that he's trying to preserve the theater going experience, but yeah. I don't know if that's the right way to go about it. Cause he's getting a lot of backlash for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you think about it? Well, Steven Spielberg is obviously a very influential person to me. You know, I think Jaws is a masterpiece. I think half, the, I think half the movies that that dude has made is masterpiece. You, you can list off that dude's movies and be like, wow, there's are movies that I've seen. There's movies that this guy's made, and, and I think that uh, basically what I'm trying to get out is no one, uh, no one in this argument should be bashing Steven Spielberg as a filmmaker. Let's let's no, get that let's get that clear right away. Yeah. And but uh, I agree and disagree with him, but I think I mostly disagree with him. Okay. Um, I think that all movies that asterisks that abide by the academy's rules should be contenders for academy awards um but what steven spielberg is basically trying to say is and he said this in interviews before is that netflix is a tv format and they have awards for tv movies it's called the emmys and some golden globes like there are rewards for television so why can't hbo movies why can't showtime movies be nominated for oscars it's because they're television movies so he's basically making the same argument that if you're going to commit going to commit to a television format and a streaming format you should be awarded television awards. And where where I th- 
I, 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 he, like, he has a point there. But, mm-hmm. but the thing is, it's not like Netflix isn't following the Oscars' rules. The rules are they have to play in a theater in L.A. and New York. I think it's for a week or two weeks. Yeah, I, think, you, I think it's a week. Yeah, and then you can qualify. And they do that. So it's not like they're <laughs> like sneaking around it. But I, I think if he's going to suggest a rule change to where a movie has to stay in theaters for a certain amount of time before it can be nominated for Academy Awards, then I, I would, I'd be fine with that rule change. Mm-hmm. Like, like, if he, like if, they, if he proposes, hey, a movie's got to stay in the theater for two to three months before it can be removed and put onto a streaming service so that way it counts as like a theatrically released film. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of money in that that the studio could lose, which I don't think, which I think is the reason why Netflix doesn't do that more. Okay. Although I think they're going to do it with The Irishman, but there's sort of conflicting reports on that. Yeah, from what I've heard, Martin Scorsese is the one who's really pushing for it to yeah. be the widest release. The theatrical release, films, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but anyway, and, and, but here's something that a lot of people don't realize, and, mm-hmm. and, and Spielberg knows this. He's made TV movies. Yeah. But 90% of movies that are made for TV, when they were being made in production, they were not intended to go on TV. They were made in the hopes that some young or just – I just say young because it's relatable. But just some filmmakers like, we're going to get this in a theater. We can do it, guys. We got this. And then they try to sell it. No theater chains wants it. But then suddenly HBO or Showtime goes up. Like, we'll take it. Yeah. And, of co- and, of course, they say yes. If they have they have someone who wants to buy their movie. And then now all of a sudden it's a TV movie. And, yes, do TV, do TV companies ask to make original movies? Yes. But a lot of the times they're bought out at festivals – at pitches, whatever. And it, people need to kind of understand that it's not like they committed to the format before they started making the film. Yeah. Because if that's the case, then you absolutely should be getting Emmys instead of Oscars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there are a lot of people suggesting, like, oh, how about we change the whole thing? Like, what if we make s- their own streaming awards or have um, HBO and Showtime movies eligible for Oscars if they get put into theaters? But HBO and Showtime doesn't want to spend the money putting them in theaters because they, you know, they know that what they can do. Yeah. Which, I mean, that'd be interesting if all of a sudden HBO was throwing movies in theaters. That'd be nuts. Oh, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but there's sirens outside. Um, And something else that I was sort of thinking about with this whole situation was Netflix is very much so um, kind of the ruler in streaming right now. There are other streaming services, but even they, like Amazon... Mm-hmm. When they make original movies, when Amazon makes original movies, they put it in theaters first. And it'll be in theaters for a while. Yeah. And then it just goes straight to Amazon, like right when it comes out of theaters. And they'll even make Blu-rays and stuff. Like you can get Manchester by the Sea on Blu-ray. That was an Amazon movie. And I think that's what Steven wants. I say Steven like we're on a first name <laughs> basis. But I think that's what he wants. I think he just wants yeah. movies that go into the theater long enough to where they can eventually come out in the streaming services. And, and and you're right. His intention behind this isn't to be malice towards the service. I think his intention is he doesn't want to see the theatrical experience die. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's afraid of happening. And honestly, all the signs are pointing towards it. And I don't want that to, I don't want that to happen as much as Steven Spielberg does. Yeah. The movies is my favorite place to go. The movie theater experience is unlike anything I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I worked at movie theater for a long time. I even left working in a movie theater because I didn't think they valued the movie theater experience. Yeah. And I really, really see where he's coming from. 
but I think that there's common ground that kind of both sides need to really see. Yeah. Like, I'd be perfectly fine if they made a rule change, but then that puts Netflix in position of they have, they'd have to kind of change their business model a little bit, which mm-hmm. if that's what has to happen, fine. But I mean, I think, but I think Netflix also needs to sort of understand like they have a lot of TV contenders they could go for. Yeah. You know, definitely. Like, um, they they can make a t- like a movie that's maybe not good enough to be Oscar worthy, but they can push it for Emmys. Yeah. You know, and um, but overall, I think Steven Spielberg needs to chill just a little bit about it. Like, I, I think there's ways around it, and I think and, and it's not like they're not good enough. Like, Roma was fucking beautiful, dude. Mm-hmm. And and I've seen other Netflix original stuff that's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of their stuff's like yeah missing, but yeah, some stuff they hit. But it's funny because you said that not every movie, not every Netflix original is meant to be a Netflix original. Like sometimes they yeah. just buy it. Like Cloverfield, yeah. the newest Cloverfield. Yeah. J.J. Abrams made it. Was supposed to go into theaters, but mm-hmm. then we got a commercial saying it's streaming now. Now, yeah, just bam. But then the thing is, when J.J. produced that movie, there was reports saying it would be on Netflix in other countries and not theatrically, because that's what Annihilation did. Okay. Annihilation released theatrically here, but it Netflixed in other countries. Cause, Interesting. Because they did the numbers and were like, "We're not going to make our money back if we put it in theaters," and um, that's what they thought Cloverfield was going to do. But then they just released it straight up in the U.S. on streaming too. Yeah. And that was crazy, but um, but yeah, uh, I and like I I've seen a couple of Netflix movies I thought were really good. I've seen some that I thought were complete ass, mm-hmm. and you know their TV shows are getting better. But then again, their TV shows, so they're obviously I mean, so I like I see where the muddled water is. Yeah, because a lot of people started att- attacking him, even though I think it's, par- it's partially justified. Th- there's still a lot to think about and digest there, mm-hmm. but overall. While I see where he's coming from, and I agree that I don't want the theatrical experience to die, I don't think. I don't think that that means Netflix should be banned from the Oscars. I just think it means that there should be a rule placed to gr- slightly change their business model to where they can fit in with more studios, because other studios aren't allowed to do that. Yeah. And I think that's what makes him upset, and you know, especially because you know he's, he's kind of you know, back in his day. We had to put them all in theaters in order for them to be real movies, and I'm sure yeah. that I'm sure that's part of it. But, but also, um, you know, like Warner Brothers, they have pl- they own plenty of TV networks, and I'm sure they'd love to take one of their movies they put on TV and try to run it for Oscars, but they don't. And they yeah. can't. So you know, but hey, as long as Netflix follows the rules, I don't have any problem with it. But I I'm okay with the rule being adjusted. Interesting enough, Netflix fired back. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, the little video they released. No, it wasn't a video. It was, oh, it was a, a statement. Oh, Twitch. Marie made the tweet. It was um. It was March third that they tweeted it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The official Netflix Twitter said this. Okay. We love cinema. Here are some things we also love: access for people who can't always afford or live in towns without theaters, letting everyone everywhere enjoy releases at the same time, giving filmmakers more ways to share art. These things are not mutually exclusive. I sort of agree. Like. Just because a movie is not in the theater doesn't mean it's not a movie. Yeah. When, and I think that's what people are attacking Spielberg for mm-hmm. is because he's sort of suggesting that. Although I don't think that's his intent. I, I think it is a little bit. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give him that. I think he is saying that a little bit. But yeah. I don't think that's his full reason behind it. But while I agree, like if the, when you record something and you edit it and you distribute it, it's a movie. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter where it goes. And while there are TV movies and there are theatrical movies and there are streaming movies – you know, if they like I said, if they follow the rules, I have no problem with them being Oscar contenders, especially if they're good enough, and a lot of them have been. Yeah, but I, I agree with Netflix in that, you know, movies need to be more accessible. 
But also with that tweet, you can sort of see Netflix being like, screw movie theaters. Like, in a way. In a way. Yeah. You can kind of interpret it that way. And, well, and yeah. it, rightfully so. I mean, Amblin's, Amblin had a spokesperson on the behalf of Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. And uh, just quickly, they said, Steven feels strongly about the difference between streaming and theatrical situation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think just that phrase from the spokesperson yeah. is more so him like, there are theater movies and there are streaming movies. They're not the same. They're different. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, and I, the thing is, he's not completely crazy, which I think, which I think people need to sort of see sure. that more because yeah. people have just been shitting on him for this. But um, but at the same time, they, I understand where they're coming from. You yeah. know, I'm very much he's seventy five percent wrong and twenty five percent right. Yeah, that's oh, kind of that's kind that's kind of how I feel about it. I could agree with that. He's not completely wrong, but he's not completely right. Yeah, and but the it's thing not is, not fifty-fifty either. It, so what, what's going to be interesting is seeing how the academy reacts to this. Yeah, because when's, when's their meeting? Do you I, know? I don't know, but I know that. But he, he's like a governor on the director's branch, so he is. So like he top has a dog. He, he has a lot of power, and but 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 at the same time, he has to get the votes behind everyone else. And there's a lot of there's a lot of academy members that are very young and very new who are going to completely reject this notion. Yep. But there are also he's also Steven fucking Spielberg, the dude's got push. Like it, whether it's movies, theme parks, I've known situations where he's had a say in theme parks. Like it's, it's insane. Yeah. And you know, a, a well deserved knows knows no bounds. Yeah, and, and a well deserved reputation. Yeah. He's worked it up over several fucking decades. The dude's been in the zone for like fifty years. But uh, but yeah, you know, I'll just wrap it up by saying he's twenty five percent right, seventy five percent wrong. But people need to see the right stuff that he's saying about it. But I'm very interested to see where this goes. Yeah, for sure. I'm for sure. excited. I mean, maybe they make an award because, you know, fucking if they can consider best popular, maybe they make best streaming movie. That'd be interesting. Uh, I already don't like it now that I said <laughs> it. But, but but who knows? Who knows? Um, but just moving on to our next topic, which yeah. is something you're passionate about. I'm very passionate about many things. Quiet Place. Ah, yes. Quite passionate. Uh, I want you to take the lead on this. Um, All right. So they made the first Quiet Place. It was a huge hit. What happens next? It, it was the best movie of 2018, just saying. It, wasn't, it didn't win Best Picture, so technically it's not. Shut the fuck up. But, but uh, um, basically, a while ago, John Krasinski did an interview. I want to say it was with THR, but I'm not sure. But he was in an interview. That's the Hollywood Reporter, by the way, people. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. Um, basically, having two mics is great, <laughs> dude. It's so much fun. Um, basically, he was in an interview and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I have a story that I might write for like a Quiet Place spinoff, but I don't know if I'm going to direct it. It's just something I'm thinking about." And then a lot of people took that as like, "Oh, they might do like a Cloverfield thing, or they make movies that take place in like a Quiet Place universe, whatever." No, no, no. Um, not only is it going to be a direct sequel with the cast expected to return. John Krasinski's coming back to direct. It's official that THR is reporting, and it's going to come out in May of 2020. That bitch is coming out next year. They're going to start filming really soon. Wow. Yeah. Early next year, huh? That's around the same time that the first one came out, right? Yeah. May last year. Interesting. Dude, they made some bank, too. Low yeah. budget. I, 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 I mean, it's not likely, but I wonder if he's coming back to direct because he's like, man, I should have fucking won an Oscar for that. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I highly doubt that's it, but I mean, no, if that, it, that's that's exciting news. If it was me we're talking about, then that's definitely the answer. Yeah, because because I'm I'm like that. But uh, but uh no, that, that's exciting, man. Yeah, it's very exciting. I I I think that I I always get, I always get a little worried when they make a sequel to a movie I really like because okay. I because I mean 
it doesn't matter if it's bad because I still got the first one. Yeah. You know, and if it's good, then hey, we got two good ones. But what what keeps me really confident and happy is that he's coming back to write and direct. And it's something he wanted to write. It's not like the studio begged him to do it. Yeah. He was very vocal about how he had a story that he wanted to continue. And that makes me really excited, partially just because I really like the first movie and partially because I loved I love when people get creatively passionate and just like, "No, no, there's more to this. I want to keep I want to keep telling the story." And you know, the way he was able to tell a personal family drama in the midst of a movie about aliens that kill you is un- it's unreal and I'm, yeah. I love a quiet place and I'm really really looking forward to seeing what he does with it yeah no the, I think that was like a perfect standalone movie yeah. but if he's coming back and he's passionate I mean it's only gonna get better I feel yeah. like because it's something he truly loves something he truly wants to do so he's gonna have fun and he's gonna write the hell out of it yeah no I I agree completely dude I agree completely moving on what's next well there are two filmmakers I'd say we thoroughly enjoy Guillermo okay. del Toro and J.J. Abrams, right? Oh, I do love them both. Well, they're partnering up to make a Zambato movie. Explain Zambato. Zambato, well, because I looked it up because I was curious to know what its origins were, if it was a manga or something. Yeah. Zambata is a very large single-edged sword, uh, historical to Japan, mm-hmm. that means horse-chopping saber. So that sounds bad. Yeah, that sounds rad as fuck. Holy right? shit! Right? <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely I want to something I want to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the story it's going to be written and directed by Guillermo del Toro and produced by J.J. Abrams. Good. So good. It's going to be a good so, movie. So it's a bad robot movie. It's a bad robot movie. I love bad robot. Uh, me too. They did Cloverfield. They did the Star Trek movies. They did the new Star Wars movies. And they guess what? Guess what else they did? What? Overlord, bitch. Oh, my and God. I, they did, I forgot I, about I that. I fucking love Overlord so that much. That movie is so good. Yes, it is. But they already have, like, the basis for the story. Yeah. Zimbato centers around a young girl with lethal fighting skills. So it's going to be a ninja movie. Oh, oh, my fucking God. Ninjas? Guillermo del Toro is doing a n- ninja movie. Holy shit, dude. He's going back to his Blade roots. He is, man. Blade 2. Holy um, shit. But he is currently working on Netflix's Pinocchio, so it's... Yeah. It's, oh, dude, gonna, I completely forgot about Pinocchio. Yeah, they're, they're in pre-production shit. right now for it. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm sure once he stops that... Because it's going to be a stop motion. The really? Yeah, yeah. Pinocchio's going to be stop, stop motion. Wow, I didn't even fucking know that. Yeah. Holy shit. So I wonder how long it's going to take to make stop motion, because it always takes forever. You should be the new host of the show. <laughs> uh, what are you talking about, man? You're great. Uh, um... No, but great at being bad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're the greatest at something, man. That's true. But yeah, no, uh, Pinocchio for Netflix is in pre-production right now. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming they're gonna start the Zambato movie after he gets a Just strong foothold and gets ready. Yeah. Yeah. So that's gonna be a fun movie to look out for, you know. So I mean, granted, not every movie that gets into works in production actually comes through, but. I have, a, I have a good feeling about this. I have a good feeling about J.J. Abrams and Guillermo del Toro. I've, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I have a strong... I, I don't think they're going to have much trouble getting it made yeah. and distributed. Um, um, but, but what are your thoughts on that? I'm all sorts of fucking excited. Are you yeah. kidding me? But, like, so, something that I really admire about Guillermo del Toro, especially recently, is he went through a brief period of time where he got very, very in over his head. Not in terms of... Because he's always been a great filmmaker. Yeah. But in terms of, like, he's like, I need all this money. Like... He wanted to do Hellboy 3 because he made Hellboy 1 and 2. But he need, he said he wanted like $250 million or something. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and the studio was like, dude, your movies have not 
they haven't made those returns. Like, we can't do that. And that was the whole reason why it never got made. Okay. And then he would – like, any Pacific Rim, he was made for a bunch of money, but he made that money back fine. Uh, at least I think so. Um, well, they made a sequel, so they had to make some, some, some money. I can look that up. I can fact check that. Cool. Um, and then, you know – but then finally, he was kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to start making good movies. It doesn't matter how much they cost. Makes The Shape of Water. Wins Best Picture. And he wins Best Director. Like, come on. So – now he's gonna go do a motherfucking ninja movie that's produced by J.J. Abrams, Jeffrey Abrams. You know he wrote Armageddon, the Mike, the Michael Bay movie. Uh, who wrote it? I'm sorry. J.J. Abrams. Really? He wrote that? He was one of the writers. I think there was two writers. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. This man went from Armageddon to Star Trek, and then Star to Wars. Star Wars to Star Wars again. <laughs> And he made Super 8, and Super 8, is, I think, is a really underrated movie. I love that film. Yeah. And uh, one day I'm just going to do a whole episode where we just talk about fucking Super 8, because I love Super 8. I did, this episode's going to be a little long, I can already tell, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited, and I, I think you are too. Is that safe to assume? It is. Uh, I'm very excited. I love both those filmmakers and them two partnering up to make a ninja movie. Although Guillermo del Toro is a big monster person. Yeah. So I'm curious to know you if know, there's going to be, like, mechas or something. Oh, yeah, you know Doug Jones is going to be in this movie somewhere. That yeah. actor that he always uses for the monster stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I looked up Pacific Rim. Its production budget was $190 million. Mm-hmm. Domestically, it made just, or almost $102 million. But um, overseas. But overseas is where it made all its money for $309 million. So it made, like, $411 million. So it made its money back. Uh, yeah, I guess you could. Uh, they probably just broke even. But that's more of an overseas movie because yeah. it made three yeah. times overseas. Yeah, true, true. Um, so, I mean, his movies are a lot of fun, but they're not financially successful. A lot of the time. A lot of the time. But I feel like a lot of bad robot productions don't spend a lot of money. They don't. I think the only flop that Bad Robot had was Overlord. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Here, go ahead and, go ahead and fact check me on that. Yeah. I mean... Uh, they, might, they may have had another flop, but go ahead and check and just see if Overlord didn't make his money back. Okay. Because I think the, they, because Cl- Cloverfield Paradox, they sold Netflix for like fifty million. Yeah, I think, instantly I think, made. And their... I think once when they did that, they made their money back. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't have to spend anything on marketing. No. And that's where most of the budget ends up going to. Or... Yeah, I mean, like it's a whole separate budget. It's yeah. Separate entirely. Yeah. Um, but the production budget for Overlord was thirty-eight million dollars, and. Worldwide, it made forty-one million. Oh, yeah, sp- almost split down between domestic and foreign. Yeah, twenty-one it, it million did. for domestic, nineteen yeah, million. Yeah, that for, lost money. Yeah, that lost some good money. But I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. If you guys haven't seen it, please watch Overlord. Oh yeah, it's no, I, I bought the four K. It's fucking great. I love that movie. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I'm excited for those filmmakers because he doesn't spend a lot of money on movies. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro does. Dude, and his set designs always look so fucking good his sets always look good yep and bad God. robot production movies are always solid oh yeah always yeah. solid i love i love bad robot um but yeah no th- those are all the news stories that i want to talk about that was it yeah just just those man i mean the biggest one was the steven spielberg thing yeah. uh, nothing nothing else really happened i feel like i True. mean other stuff happened but just the main main stuff that caught my eye yeah all right shit dude we we, we might make it on time well, but let's do. Let, but we got one thing. We we got to talk about fighting with my family. Fighting with my family. Yep. We got 
two and a half minutes. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Fighting with My Family was produced by Dwayne Johnson and directed by Stephen Merchant, who is an actor who is a very famous British actor. who's in Logan. He played Caliban. And it was really good. Holy shit. Like, like I expected it to be like a whatever movie mm-hmm. about the story of Paige, the, the WWE wrestler. And I used to watch WWE as a kid, but I stopped when I got PG. But this movie was fucking good. Like, it was really good. Oh, yeah. I was very surprised by how good it was. Oh, yeah. Very genuinely, happily surprised. I thought the, the performers were great. It had very non-flashy direction, just right what it needed. And mm-hmm. even, yeah, it got a little sappy in moments, but it did a good job of not being sappy for the sake of being sappy, like Hallmarky. Like, yeah. It didn't really feel Hallmarky, although it did get a little sappy. But, you know, it all felt justified, and I thought that the characters were very well written, and the performances reflected the characters well. And, you know, it's a really fascinating and interesting story. It is, it's very fascinating and interesting story. Yeah, your thoughts? I, I think Nick Frost was fantastic. Like, Oh, hell yeah. Especially since he's been in a lot of comedic roles. Like, he, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it was a dramatic movie, but not, it didn't have a lot of dramatic themes in it. Yeah. Um, but I thought he was fantastic in it. Like, he was someone completely different from, like, his Edgar Wright movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I agree with everything you just said. Um, it's a lot of fun, heartfelt movie. And unfortunately, I I stopped watching WWE around the same time you did when yeah. it got PG, so I didn't really get to see her story yeah. play out. Yeah, but same. dude, I almost, I almost cried at the end of that. Whenever dude, she won it, the belt, like dude, I knew, I knew it, her it story was, ended. Yeah, but it, it was it was really really good. I yeah, like I almost cried. It yeah. took a lot to hold back those tears. No, man. no, yeah, no. And I, I think that's the first directed Stephen Merchant movie that I've seen. And I'm gonna watch what he fucking does next. Yeah, that dude. was no well done. Yeah, no, like. Genuinely surprised by the movie, everyone. You know, all eight of you, if you're listening, please go see Fighting With My Family. It was really good. Yeah. I enjoyed it very much so. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I haven't seen How to Train Your Dragon 3 yet because I haven't seen 2 yet. So I got to I I'm with you on that, that one. Yeah. I got to get on that one. But, uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll see Greta soon because I, I know you love Chloe Grace, so we'll probably go to that. Yep. So. I look forward to it. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, Dude, I think that's it. I think we did it. Yeah. Look at us, man. Two mics. New setup-ish. Yeah, hopefully this doesn't sound like shit when I edit it later. <laughs> Some big news, though. Go ahead. Yeah? Yeah, do it. One week from today, we will officially start recording our podcast. Oh, shit. One week from today. Yep, so we like like you said earlier, two mics starting the new setup. Yep. So next week will be our first video podcast. At least that's the plan until it doesn't happen. <laughs> so. Yep. But yeah, um, we're going to get help from the amazing Kyler, uh, one of the other movie nights, mm-hmm. and he's going to help us set it up, and we're going to give it a go and see how it works. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, our eight listeners, please share the shit out of the first video we make, please. <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun, and you know, yeah, yeah. we'll appreciate the hell out of you for doing it. Oh yeah, of course. Of course we will. All right, well that's it for today, guys. Uh, my name is Dalton Burdett. I am Ryan Warner. Thanks for listening.